Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Inner Sanctum with guest speaker. And our guest speaker today is the wonderful, the wonderful and beautiful Sheila Seppi. Hi, Sheila. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for the invitation. <laughs> so, Sheila. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, I appreciate being asked to be here. Oh, darling one, you are doing amazing work. And usually you're the one in my position showcasing a million <laughs> other teachers and uh, people. But for people that haven't seen my show with Sheila or are a part of her Wish Alliance, uh, let me read out your bio so to give people a bit of uh, knowledge about what you're about. So Sheila is a soul exchange walk-in, a soul who agreed to switch places with a soul that had already inhabited a body, the natal soul. Her essence entered the body at age 38. Oh, I was talking about you on the last show and I was saying in your 20s, but you, you were 38, 38 year old mother of three children. She's the founder of the Wish Alliance, Conscious Awakening Series and Spiritual Way Ministries. And she facilitates healing groups, events, and is gathering the star seeds, light worker families across the planet to all support each other and hear each other's stories. Initially, as Sheila began to live in a physical life in this body, she thought she had lost her mind as everything around her seemed to change. She came in with spiritual abilities, I call them abilities instead of gifts, and knowledge uh, the other Sheila did not believe in. She brought in a new higher frequency into the world that would immediately change the old life forever. Sheila's DNA was spontaneously infused with light changing the experience of the body from her being very sick with brain tumours, bone cancers, fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, migraines, multiple sclerosis and other diagnoses, and her body periodically using a cane to walk to a disease-free body. Her lifestyle, personality and remembrance was forever changed. Sheila came into the body bringing her angelic Palladian Syrian Arcturian mantid and Andromedan multidimensional self and lineage. However, her strongest traits are those of the Arcturians. Her mission here is to be a way shower for humanity, helping people to spiritually awaken and evolve. She's the author, she's an author and speaker, multidimensional life coach, healer, regression therapist and is the founder of Spirit Way Wellness and Eagle Vale in, in Eagle Vale, Colorado, 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 I can't say it, Colorado. There we go, I got it out. <laughs> and the, the founder of the Conscious Awakening Events. Sheila offers traditional, non-traditional spiritual healing sessions for integrating total body awareness and cosmic integration services. Wow, amazing. And you've got a few websites. You've got walk-ins or walk slash ins.org, wishalliance.org, spiritwaywellness.com. And you're in Colorado. Whereabouts in Colorado is your healing center? In Eagle Vale. So it's about uh, 10 miles north of Vale, Colorado. Vale, Colorado. 10 miles uh -huh. north of Vale, Colorado. Wow. You know what amazes me about you, Sheila, is that with all that that I've said about who you are, you're just so very normal and human. <laughs> you know? uh, okay, that's good. Well, you know, when you, you when you present, when I say normal and human, when you present, it's a bit like Kevin up there. It's like we can be these amazing galactic beings, you know, have access to our galactic counterparts and, uh, and still living a, a human body. 
but with what people call gifts, I wouldn't call them gifts. I just call them abilities. And, you know, we expand our abilities. So the body that you were wearing, oh, sorry, when I, yeah, so our body is changing all the time. I think it takes two years for every cell in our body to be completely renewed. Uh, and so we're not wearing the same body that we were two years ago. So the body you were wearing uh, when, before the, the soul walked in was very sick and your consciousness renovated the body just like without, can you sort of fill us in about how that happened? Well, I'm not quite sure how that happened, to be honest with you, but I do know the results of it and I know the experience of it because um, I don't have a lot of memories pre-walk-in and that's probably a good thing. And I asked my guides one time, I was like, so, you know, I don't understand why, you know, why don't I remember all of my life before? And they're like, because it's not your life. It was not your life. But prior to incarnating, um, I had been diagnosed first with the potential of having brain tumors. And of course, the first thing it was like, well, the only way that we can know for sure is if we do a biopsy. And I'm like, well, thank you. No, I, I, I can do without that. I'll just say there's a possibility of. But they also told me that I had the beginning stages of MS and that I would be in a wheelchair by the time that I was in my 40s. They also said that I had fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue. And so I went through my 20s in that phase, continuing to get sicker and sicker and sicker. When I got to my early 30s, I was coming down my staircase one day. I just put my hand on the stair railing because I had like two border collies running up and down the stairs. But when I put my hand on the stairs, my clavicle shattered. And so when I went to my doctor, they immediately sent me to Duke University. I was living in Virginia at the time. They sent me to Duke University. And after one or two uh, meetings with an oncologist, they decided that they were going to remove my clavicle and replace it with hip bone because they said it was full of bone cancer. But if they removed the clavicle, that uh, chances are that they could contain everything. And so we went into the surgery. Lo and behold, they just sewed me right up. And they said, we got in there. We couldn't find a thing. Could not find a thing. However, I still presented symptoms of being very, very sick. And I continued in this downward spiral of all these different autoimmune diseases to the point that I was physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually exhausted. I had three children. I had a dysfunctional marriage, which is probably what made me sick or part of it, what made me sick. I had a very dysfunctional lifestyle. I never drank water. I thought Mountain Dew was the nectar of the gods. I ate fast food, grabbed stuff, took it home to the kids. And little did I know that all of those behaviors was leading to all the poor health because none of the doctors talked to me about that. Not one of them ever said, stop drinking soda. Stop drinking whatever you're drinking. Start drinking water. Oh, it's okay. You can drink this. You can do this. You can do that. All of this information from my parents, because I don't remember a lot of that time. So when 
I went to bed one night. I do remember the, the last night and I was just exhausted. It was one of those things. Have you ever just been too tired and too just mentally wrought to even cry? Because <laughs> that that's where I was. I was just like, it's no more that, you know, kind of thing. So I went to bed and I was, you know, I tucked the kids in, done all the things I needed, popped all, you know, if it weren't for Celebrex, I don't think I would have even been able to open and close my hands because I was developing RA also. And so anyway, I went to bed very, very sick. And what seemed like seven o'clock the next morning, it felt like someone reached down and grabbed me by the hair of the head and pulled me bolt upright in bed. And it was like lightning ran through my body. And then I was in white space. And I don't know how long I was in this white space, but I know that when I began to come to myself, it was my peripheral vision and then my frontal vision. And as I sat there looking around the room, and this, I remember, it was very visceral, and I don't think I'll ever forget it. I just felt fresh. I felt new. I knew something had happened, but I didn't know what had happened. And it was only when I went to the doctors and they gave me a clean bill of health, much to their dismay, that I realized I had been instantaneously healed from all of the ailments. Now, I had to work to get my, to maintain my health. I had to start living healthy lifestyle, but that came very easy because the old foods that I used to eat, I didn't want anymore. I changed the way that I dressed. I changed the way that I drank. I changed all of my behaviors just like that. I was much more loving and open because I didn't have all this pain. I could get down on the floor and play with my kids. I could spend a lot of time outdoors as opposed to laying on the couch. And so all of these things changed. And I remember waking up and I was by myself and I was walking through the house and I could feel the carpet. And it was like, oh, this is interesting. And I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror and I just stopped. And I was just mesmerized and not like, oh, I really like my hair. But it was like, look at my hair. What is look at my teeth and my eyes. And I was just totally mesmerized. And had anyone seen me, they would have thought that I was crazy. And when my family got home that night, the first thing I did was try to explain to my husband what had happened. And it was one of these, you know. He starts backing up. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about, but this this is crazy. And I realized very quickly that I could not share this because not only had this experience happened, but while I was still sitting up in the bed, I was having all this past life information flooding my mind. And the night before, I didn't even believe in past lives but then I knew things to be true. I started remembering different types of healing modalities. I remember working with light and sound and frequency. I had never studied any of these things. And even to this day, I've never found the exact same type of light, sound, frequency healing that I was remembering. I also remembered universal truths and you know how the body, how it effortlessly slips out and moves into the spirit world and the different things that occur and then the coming back in. I remember different processes of the soul. I remembered the oversoul. And I had never studied this, these things, 
So automatically I began to think I was crazy. That's like, oh my gosh, the medication, the, you know, whether it was the marriage or being tired or, you know, the, the illnesses, but I thought I was losing my mind. So I stopped talking. And within three months I had left the marriage. And within another three months, I had moved to a different state and I had found my first spiritual teacher who worked with me to let me know that, no, I was not going crazy, but that, in fact, I was a walk in. And as she taught it to me, she was of Hopi lineage and she would say this walk in, you know, one soul's out, another soul comes in. And that it's like this partnership, there's an agreement. And I was taught by her that it is a permanent situation, that when that soul leaves, it's 100%. And when that soul returns, um, it, it comes in 100% and anchors into the body. And so time went on, a lot of things happened in my life. But when it got to the point where I was writing my book, Walk-Ins Cosmology of the Soul, I knew I had to get my story out there. But then I was still like, eh, I need other people to validate my story because, you know, just me saying this happened to me. And even though throughout history, people have believed in a soul without any type of evidence or proof, when you say you're a walk-in soul, they they had, you know, most people have no reference for that. It's like, eh, I don't think so. You know, I, I can't believe that. But it's easy to believe we have one, but not that we switch. Okay. And so I thought I need that validation component. And so I interviewed a plethora of individuals and selected 15 that I wanted to share their story in the book. Now, much to my amazement, when I started interviewing these people, I thought their stories were going to be very similar to mine. And even though we all share this thread of commonality, there was differences. And I learned there were different types of walk-ins. Not all walk-ins left and a new soul came in. I found there was what's called a soul infusion when a portion of your soul leaves and a higher aspect comes in from what my guides called the Shantias Khan, which is like the oversoul. So I was amazed at these stories. Next, I learned of what's called like an overlay where there's a single soul, another soul comes in, helps to enliven it, acts as a battery charger. Maybe it's a placeholder so this soul can leave and receive some healing and then it comes back and this aspect leaves or the two of them become one. Then I, and I was familiar with the word soul braids or side-by-sides and that literally is what it is. You have two separate individual components of a soul who braid together and operate as one soul. Then there was what's called a soul jumper. And these were souls that came in on a very, very temporary basis. It could be just a few hours. It could be a day. It could be a week. It could be a month. But it was very, very temporary. And then they would leave. And I found that they either come in to serve as a muse, to have their own temporary experience of what is it like to be human, because being human is very, very cool. And their souls lined up to have a human body. 
or they came in to assist the person through a tragedy or through some type of an emotional uh, trauma of sorts. And then the one that I really, that began to super open my eyes was the multidimensional layered soul. And that is when we bring in more aspects of ourselves from the multidimensional people that we are, beings that we are, because we're all multidimensional beings. And we bring in more of those aspects and they begin to wake up. And they have this uh, dance, if you will. So maybe like a Palladian aspect will come in and then go back or an Arcturian aspect, or maybe you're a liar and, and that comes in and goes out, whatever the case may be. So I was amazed to find out that there were more than one kind. And then I also spoke with people who had had like Kundalini awakenings. And they asked me, well, maybe I'm a walk-in because a lot of walk-ins and kundalini awakenings and spiritual awakenings also have a lot of the same symptoms in that we totally change. We may quit one job and start another. We may leave a relationship. There's just a plethora. And if you go to my website, walkins.org, walk-ins.org, I have a list, and I think I also have it on my personal website, SheilaSepi.com. And you can look through this list and begin to ask yourself all of these questions to determine if you're a walk-in. Because right now, at this time on our planet, more and more souls are wanting to come in. They're wanting to have this human experience. They're wanting to bring in higher dimensional vibrations to help Gaia and humanity wake up for this expanded consciousness shift that is occurring all around us. And so that's kind of a, a long explanation about what happened to me as a walk-in. But honestly, if it had not happened to me, I, don't, I would have never believed that something like this was possible because I wasn't taught this. And it wasn't like acceptable dialogue to have these kinds of conversations in the, the life that I had previously. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing. And remember, people that are watching the live YouTube, you can pop your questions in the chat and people that are on the Zoom, ask any questions. I'm sure listening to Sheila's Sheila's story of thinking a you know a million questions, yeah. That the braided the braided walk-in soul. I think that um, I think that that happens with many people who start their spiritual work, spiritual journey. There are aspects of their multi-dimensional soul who come to be present with the physical life experience that they're going through, uh, especially to support humanity during this time of transition right and that so that's probably happened to many people what do you think Sheila I think so and the other thing that I see happening just everywhere is a different type of a soul infusion not where portions of the soul leaves and newer higher aspects come in but where the soul remains and more of who you right. truly are as a multidimensional being comes in. And that's because everybody has been doing such good, strong, high, energetic, personal work. And they're yeah. calling this energy in. And so in a way, 
you know, we're all kind of like Walkians. We're all hybrids. We're, you know, we're all star seeds because our souls come from somewhere else. And very few have that commitment with Gaia to come in at her original incarnation and to be with her through every phase, every density and start out as a molecule and then become a gas and then become a bacteria and then become a plant and, you know, and move up the um, chain of consciousness. And so most people, all of you that are watching this, all of you that are hearing this probably are soul uh, star seeds because you've come from somewhere else. And I'm also finding that there are what's called source seeds. And many of these are divine sparks of source creator God that this is their first incarnation. Or a lot of people are coming in as wanderers, you know, and wanderers are kind of like, you know, the reporters of the universe. And they're just kind of taking notes like, oh, look how wonderful people are. They're peaceful. Oh my goodness. Look over here. They're not so peaceful. Look at what's happening. There's wars, there's famine, you know, and they basically are taking notes, observing humanity and all of its glory, good and bad. And then they're reporting back to their planets or to their collectives. And that's something too, I was going to mention, um, in my case, when I came in, I was already part of a collective because this essence that came in was not a higher dimension of the soul that left. It was a totally different soul. And the only way that I was able to incarnate into this body was there had been this energetic overlay of frequency that was in the body template. And it was of an Arcturian nature. And because I was part of a collective that was my multidimensional essence, and I had had many, many lifetimes as an Arcturian, when it came time to incarnate, the collective decided I would be the aspect to come in and to take the place of the soul that was leaving. And so I brought in more Arcturian aspects because that body was so sick and weak that had I just come in, bam, I would have totally fried the neurological and biological systems of the body. And so I had to come in as that Arcturian aspect, something that was familiar with the body and little bit by little bit by little bit, I would come in. And as I had my integration process, more and more of my soul essence began to imprint on the biology of the body. And so a lot of the information that had already been stored by the original soul has already dissipated because now I've imprinted on the body. So when a walk-in essence comes in, regardless of where it's from, it's kind of like you're buying a used car, you know? It could be bright and shiny on the outside, or it may need to have a new paint job, but I can guarantee you, you lift up the hood and there's definitely things that's wrong. And so when that soul comes in, it has to be the mechanic and it has to start switching out the brakes and putting new tires and getting a new coat of paint, maybe even putting in a new engine. And I know in my case, it took probably 10 years to totally be able to get rid of um, a lot of the behavioral patterns and thought processes. And even to this day, 20 some years later, 
You know, every now and then there's something that will happen or I'll have this emotional response. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Why am, I don't even think that way. Why am I responding that way? And it's like, oh, oh, there must be another layer there that's really deeply embedded because I also not only had to clear up any soul energy and soul contracts, also had to clear up the uh, genetics of the body. And anything that they had agreed to as far as any ancestral lineage healing. And I know a lot of people that I work with and probably some of you guys have even committed to, you know, coming in specifically to heal old wounds and old family patterns. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, everyone that's uh, listening to this uh, has, has said they'd do that. You know, anyone that is, yeah. um, that is doing spiritual work, uh, healing work or personal healing work, personal growth work is doing it for the collective, not just for themselves. And, but, but their soul has said, yep, get me down there. I'm going to be doing some cleaning up the old thought forms. <laughs> so I'm going right. to come, in, come into a family that's got tons of them. <laughs> I know I said that, <laughs> like, yeah, it's got tons of them. Uh, Shirley's got a great question here. Do you want to come on camera, dying and ask, or do you just want me to read it out? Or do you yeah. want to? Hi. Um, thank you for, um, for having me ask my question today. I hope you're well, Sheila, and everyone on the call. Uh, I, I was thinking about the, the, the soul, well, a few things, like you probably said this, where does the soul go, the original soul? Does it go back to source? But that really wasn't the question I asked. That was just something that all came up. It had to do with overlays. Like, can you request an overlay to come in to help you um, with a very sick deconditioned body um, or to just give you a break for a bit if you're overwhelmed? Um, can you request an overlay to come or is it all pre-agreed um, upon? before incarnating? What my soul collective shared with me is that it's a pre-arranged agreement. However, I think it was unexpected that the soul of this body cried out to be released because it came in and it had big plans. It was an Arcturian soul. And when this soul left and I incarnated, there was a ship waiting to take this soul. A lot of times there could be a soul and this is their last incarnation and then they begin to leave and they still will then begin to merge back. If they've had trauma, there could be some healing that has to take place because there's light sound bath kind of healing rays that, you know, come throughout the body. There's different um, like there's different oils that you almost can rub on. I know it seems crazy because you're in the world of spirit and you think everything's etheric and it is, but yet it does have a tangible quality to it. And so there are things that you can rub on the body that just kind of penetrates everything and heals because, you know, one thing I always tell people, we are already light beings. We already have our light bodies. They're just covered by a meat suit. OK, and so when we leave and we take our light bodies with it, there could have been some damage done. And so we have to deal with that body. 
And so each soul has its own progression. And sometimes souls will go and they will rest and then they will request to incarnate. Sometimes they will go back and start getting ready to move into a next phase. I, when I was there and the work I've done with my collective, I do not know of any souls personally or haven't had the experience with them that they immediately go back to source. Everyone that I know, everything that has occurred on the other side that I was witness to, everything is preparing for the next stage. Because you have to remember when we incarnate, you know, a lot of people say that there are 15 dimensions here. A lot of people say there's 12 dimensions and 12 subdimensions. Some people say that there's multiple dimensions and multiple timelines and we just don't know and blah, 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 blah. We, no one really has that definitive answer. We know what we've been told even by our collective or guides, but you have to remember that's from their perspective what they've experienced, what we've experienced. But maybe over here, there's a different experience. And that doesn't make this dimensional concept right and this dimensional concept wrong. It just means that we're looking at it from a different perspective, okay? And so because of that, there, even on this planet, there's multiple, multiple dimensions. There's parallel timelines, mm -hmm. you know, and at any point in time, doing spiritual work can shift you into a different timeline that's for your best and highest good. Mm -hmm. And right now, there's also a collapsing of timelines individually, meaning that we have multidimensional aspects that are out wherever they are, and they're coming back. And they're coming into this essence that is us right now. And so it makes me wonder, um, like I had a lady in the office the other day and I was doing a crystalline blueprint reading on her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you've got like 36 aspects that are standing kind of beside, around and behind you. And she said, I feel that. I can feel them touching me. I thought it was you. And I'm like, no, I'm sitting over here. That's not me. She's like, oh, my God. You know, and so we did this integration. And as each of those aspects came in, they were from a different timeline or a different dimension. And they were all merging into her at once. And I don't know if I was connected to her experience or if it was just verification from my collective, but as everyone that would come in from the top of my head all the way down my body, I had cold chills running everywhere. And she did too. And she'd say, here comes another one. I'm like, yeah, I know. I feel like, you know, you know kind of thing. But because we are multidimensional beings, we can be having hundreds and hundreds of experiences. And on top of that, it's some people have a belief that every time we make a heavy decision or don't make a heavy decision, that it's played out. It creates another timeline. And so we have all of these aspects. That's mm. how big we are. And it doesn't diminish what we're experiencing here. So isn't that cool? <laughs> Isn't that cool? Very cool. Yeah, it I, is. I, I asked. I asked the mob about that question, 
And can I share with what they said uh, about Shirley's question? So can we request an overlay soul to step into for a bit yeah. of assistance or does it happen without our asking? Is it an agreement made? So the question sort of it's denotes not. that if it's not an agreement, I can't experience that. But what they said is that everything we live in this dimension has already happened. But yes. our decision, just like you said, our decision chooses which timeline, chooses which experience, like there are probable realities. So it's not like you can request something and not have it happen. You can make a decision about something and have it happen. But if you don't make that decision or you don't have that question, it won't happen. But it's all set up before, because time is not linear as we understand it from our human perspective. Time is happening all at once. And this is what humans find so hard, including me, I'm a human, to wrap our linear minds around that time is not linear. And so questions like that are based in linear thinking, like will it or won't it? It's, it, it's already happened. So it's just a decision, like you say, Sheila, when you make that decision, then you experience that particular timeline that's already there. And remember, too, I mentioned that more and more people are having the soul infusions. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to become a walk-in to have more of your higher essence come in. All you have to do is ask. Mm -hmm. And that way, you don't have to experience the walk-in. My life was turned upside down, and I don't wish a walk-in on anybody. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it happened. I understand why it happened. I have a very firm mission. And even in this life, I have a firm mission. It's just like, am I going to get a vacation? It's like, yeah, maybe. oh, you got to get this done. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do that. And that's what I'm doing. But you can, without having a walk-in, bring in more of that essence through prayer work, meditation work, and just by asking, talk with your guides. Yeah, and, and I think that when it comes to healing, uh, you know, healing, like physical symptoms of the body are an indication that you need to shift your frequency and change your vibration. So it's like, it's all a message, isn't it? And so as soon as you do shift your frequency and change your vibration, you start thinking more positively, you start connecting to that aspect of you that is divine love and acceptance and and unconditional, you know, like unity and all that. As soon as you start connecting to that, which is where the ETs live in all the time, that's their normal mm -hmm. mode of operandi, then the body just heals, body starts to heal. So the, the healing symptoms are definitely a message to us. And Fiona says here, braided sits with me, particularly when the light language randomly came through about 20 years ago. Right. <laughs> Do you have any Question, Fiona. Oh, she's muted. Sorry, I just muted you. I meant to unmute you. There we go. Am I? Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, no, I don't really have a question. I'm just, it's just fascinating. I just love hearing all of this information. I, I did attend about 20 years ago a workshop, which I found out later was for walk-ins. But, um, and that's when I first had the light language experience. But I certainly didn't have an experience like you, Sheila, but it, it feels more like a soul infusion experience that I've had over these, these um, last years, just more of a gradual. I mean, the initial um, experience was pretty full on, 
but then it's been more of a gradual integration of those energies. But um, yeah, I love it. And I love that we can ask, ask for more as we open to more and receive more. So I think that's my focus to be a, a gentle experience, but a deepening experience. So um, yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Oh, absolutely. It's my pleasure. You know, the walk-in is what brought my essence here. And I'm at the point where, um, and I ask this of other walk-ins, okay, so what? We're here. What are we going to do? Why are we here? What, what do we need to ship? What do we need to change? Is it personal healing? Do we need to offer healing services? Do we need to write books and provide information? You know, what is it? Why are we here? What do we want to do? And one of the things that I have been doing over the years is developing a closer and closer relationship with the Arcturians. And I have had some beautiful experiences with them whereby I work with the Arcturian healing team that they have provided healing within hours or even overnight with things that were coming up. I didn't think that they were mine, but it didn't matter because they were still in my biology and they were affecting me. And because I do healing work and I work with people, whether it's Zoom or in the office, you know, I'm still absorbing a lot. And even though you would think I know better, sometimes I don't cut those cords. Sometimes I don't clear my field like I should. And all of that begins to weigh down and bog me down. And it's like, oh, what was I thinking? Of course, I got to, you know, ugh. so I really try to do that every day as much as I can. But there have been times when I have to call the Arcturians down and whether it, you want to say it's lucid dreaming or whether whatever the experience is, they take me to what I call the Arcturian healing chambers. And there are many, many different types of chambers. And there are some that honestly, they just look like a big light bubble and you can't really tell what's going on. Some have looked just like a, a crystalline table that I lay on and I'm infused with lights. Um, sometimes it's almost like you're walking into a rainbow and there's just this shower. And I think that these chambers for me have shifted and changed depending on the frequency that I'm bringing in and the frequency that I need to release. But many times, and anyone, you can call upon the Arcturian medical team and ask them to come and to assist you. And it's not just physical healing. They can help work on the mind and they can work on the emotions. Because remember, we are multidimensional beings that have multi body, multiple bodies. Some say we have four, some say we have seven, some say we have 27. It, it doesn't matter. What matters is that we do have additional bodies, one of those bodies being our emotional body. And when our mental body is bogged down, it begins to imprint on the emotional body, which imprints on the physical body. And once that emotion becomes intact, then it takes on a symptom 
so that we can begin to recognize because any time that we're ill or out of balance in a state of dis ease, it can cause disease if we don't clear these things up. And so calling on the Arcturian healing team to help you with your personal healing work is open to anyone. And there are ships around that will, you know, send teams in to work with you. All you have to do is to ask. And some of the other chambers that I have been in, um, were very um, like metallic, very silvery in nature, but they were very organic. And so when I walk in, it's kind of like, and this thing just comes right up around you. And, you know, it almost feels like silly putty or, you know, that slime stuff that kids play with, but it's almost like a gel like substance. It's very cool, but it's not cold. And it just kind of cleans and clears everything. And then there's just lights that go all around. And I work sometimes at night off planet on Antares. And on Antares, there are uh, different they're called rejuvenation chambers. And these are more, the ones that I am involved with are more like a, a dome-like structure that you enter into. And you can kind of walk through it. And when you walk out on the other side, then you are rejuvenated. But there's also lots of portals and there are different vortexes that are on Antares. And so that calls different uh, life forms to that star. And, um, but that's another place that you could go and at night set your intention. I would like to go to Antares. I ask that my guides take me there. And I specifically want to go to the rejuvenation chamber because sometimes I just, you know, and I'm sure we're all guilty of it. You know, we just give and give and give and do and do and do. And the next thing you know, it's like, I'm exhausted. I didn't drink my water today. What's wrong with me? Ah, you know, and those are the times when I will call for assistance because it's like my physical body has to rest anyway. So why not just get, you know, the most of the healing experience that we can. And so anyone out there can do these things. We can ask at night, you know, I would like to remember where my soul travels at night. Um, one of the things that I did after working with my spiritual teacher is because she was of Hopi lineage, I began to drop into shamanism. And it was in shamanism that truly is what anchored this walk-in. But it can truly anchor any of us into present space and time. Because by learning shamanic journey, I would be able to travel to the upper world, to the lower world, wherever it was that I needed to be. And I could talk with my guides. And then all of a sudden, I wasn't the crazy lady that's talking to all these spirits or light beings that they're seeing around them. I was actually having conversations with them and they could sit me down and explain to me about the human experience. And so shamanism is another great way that we can all begin to heal our energy. Uh, and that's on many levels, you know, sitting and drumming. If you're experiencing anxiety, just sitting and drumming 
you know, that will immediately begin, that resonance will fill up your aura and penetrate your body and your heartbeat will become in resonance with the drumbeat, which is said to resemble the heartbeat of Gaia. And so then we drop into that pure space of connection. So I don't know how I got started talking about that, but (laughs) I, I, I just really felt like that I needed to share that with you guys because it's so important that we remember we don't have to look outside of ourselves. We all have these tools that we can rely on. We just have to remember. And the more you do it, it's like, oh, wait a minute. I already knew how to do that. This isn't anything really new. It's just a state of remembering who you truly are. And so maybe in sharing some of these techniques that I do, you'll find something that really works for you too. Yeah. Yeah. Kevin has a question. Hey, Kevin. Muted, muted. Thank you, muted. <laughs> the most famous words used on Zoom. You're muted, my friend. <laughs> oh, hi, Sheila. I'm unmuted now, hopefully. I always forget to do that for some reason, but hey ho, hey ho. Uh, I have a question for you. Uh, I always enjoy listening to you talk because I learn so much. So uh, I want, can you explain what a hybrid soul is? Um, we're all hybrid souls. Okay, so a hybrid, if you look at a hybrid human body, let me use that first. If you look at a hybrid human body, that is a physical, you know, a humanoid that has been infused with DNA from outside the humanoid species or in this place, the species. Okay, as a hybrid on this planet, most people think of extraterrestrial, which I call our galactic family or our star brothers. And what this does is it infuses our body with other genetics. Okay. The same thing is true for our souls. I have a hybrid soul and I'm sure you have a hybrid soul too. I'm sure all of us have a hybrid soul unless this is your first lifetime ever. And if you're a source energy, because I've had angelic lifetimes, I've worked with the Elohim. I have had Palladian and Syrian and Lyran. I've been in the Andromedan system. I've done all these, I've even been part of and am still part of the Gaia Frequency Collective. And so I'm parts of many, many collectives. And so each of those collectives helps make up who I am. So anytime that we are not just one thing, we start adding other aspects of our multidimensional experiences, that multidimensionality in and of itself is hybridization. That was a great question. That was a great answer. (laughs) You, You can also think of hybridization as being my mom and dad used to call it like a Heinz 57, you know, where everything is thrown into the pot and store and stirred around. Uh, Shirley's got another question here. And, and, and as you say, everyone's a hybrid unless they're, Absolutely. it's their first incarnation. But what I've been told is that earth being such a hard school, advanced mm-hmm. school, let's call it advanced, even though yes. we're consciously behind the cosmos, in order to be here as a soul, we have to be 
a more advanced soul to yes. incarnate into this. So it sort of seems strange, but so every soul or point of consciousness that is inhabiting a human form has has had to have education about what density is in order to get here. So so usually most souls sort of start off on other planets and other worlds, other physical forms that are not as hard as Earth. So in saying that, we're all star beings, every single one of us. Yeah, yeah. But Shirley's got another question here. Could we call on them, uh, talking about the healing uh, team, on behalf of another, say, for my, like my cat, Huey? You know, what we can do is always call and ask that that energy be used for the highest good of that soul, but that soul has to accept or reject it because we cannot, uh, we can't heal another. And one of the things I always tell people when they come to my office is because of the different modalities that I use and because I'm truly confident that if it is intended for them to heal in this lifetime, these modalities that we're going to use are going to facilitate in that healing, provide you new tools, and then your body will heal itself. And that's the same thing with animals. You know, we can offer these tools and if it's for their best and highest good to heal, then the soul can accept it and utilize it. Yeah. Yeah. Did that yeah. answer your question, Shirley? Yeah. Is your cat sick? uh he 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 has some health issues but he also has some spiritual issues with the other cat who lives here and um and uh he he has some he's also a very intuitive cat i think he brings through like my mother and he's a very heal i call him my reiki cat because he shows up for reiki often in the early mornings he likes um when I learned about um, the heart resonance, when you go hue and make that hue sound, he loves that. And I thought, oh, that's your name. And I named you for the heart chakra. And, and uh, he chose the name. We, we spent about three weeks trying to pick a name, but he's, he does have his issues. And yeah, so I, I ask always for, I, I do, um, I let the energy, Reiki energy, I go where it needs to go. I don't, direct it i ask that it goes for his best and highest good where he needs it but if the arcturians could lend a hand uh, or some of these other beings um yeah i don't know the protocol but ask and ask just ask, ask when you get ready to go and i find that when you're getting ready to go to sleep and when you first wake up in the morning you know if you're asking at night first thing is give your gratitude and accept that it's already done and feel that that resonance of healing in your body because let's say nothing happened but you're in your gratitude and you're accepting that it has you're starting to imprint that belief is imprinting on your cellular structure and therefore it is and so you start to create for yourself this path that may or may not have occurred, but because you are putting energy into it and remember where our energy, you know, where our thoughts and intentions go, the energy will flow. And so in the morning, when you have that gratitude, you're just setting that stage for healing to have already occurred. Yeah. 
And so that's, you know, that's a beautiful, beautiful practice, I think. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about animals. A friend of mine has just, her cat has just transitioned and she swore he was, you know, the cat was a she, he was a Palladian master in a cat form. Do you want to speak about that? Can domestic animals be higher consciousness souls from other planets? I believe so. Um, my little Havanese dog that everybody sees when they, if they're on the Zoom calls, everybody see Willow popping his head up. He really wants to be involved in everything. And at the office, he's he's in the healing rooms and he'll lay under the table. He has his own pillow. He will be there. And with some people, he will literally want to get on the table and he will literally take his hands almost like a cat. And he just puts pressure in different areas. And I had Syrians to come to me, or not Syrians, um, it was tall whites that came to me. And they said that he has the soul of their teenage son. And he wanted to come and to experience what it was like to be on the planet at this time, but he did not choose to come in human form. And they have come to me and thanked me many times for taking such good care of him. And so, yes, I fully believe that this can happen. You know, anything is possible. You know, we're multidimensional beings in an existence that is in time where time does not exist. Exactly. So we have, we have so much time to do all of these things and be all of these things. And as you were talking about earlier, this is an advanced planet. It is a challenging planet. And a lot of people want to be here right now because Mm -hmm. they can work through so much karma and they can advance themselves so much quicker. And the other thing, Mm. yeah, the other thing that I have observed, because I'm also a QHHT practitioner, Mm. and the Dolores Cannon's method is, um, it was very interesting, one of my sessions was being recorded, and when they asked me about all the different lifetimes, there was like a bit and piece that came here, there, whatever, And they just didn't make any sense. And so at the end, she's like, why did you bring these lifetimes forward for her to see? And my higher self was kind of like, that's just placeholder. Well, I never understood what that was, but that's because I had not spent lifetimes here. And I had not, those memories that I had were implanted into my mind, into my soul memory, so that as I came, I had a reference for what earth was like. Because when I came in, yes, I came in that had a mind that was sick and that was failing, and I couldn't rely on my mind, and I had all of this information about past lives that I thought was mine at the very beginning, but they actually were in the cellular memory, because when I came in, like that lightning bolt, it was like, bam, and all the cells were infused, and memories came up, and just all kinds of things, and me, not knowing what was happening at the time, thought that they were past lives that belonged to me, but they really didn't. But in the QHHT session, I found that I have placeholder memories. And I have also found that other people 
have these kind of memories because it's their first in incarnation on this planet. And when you ask these beings, why did you choose Earth? Everybody says, because I want to be here. It's exciting. There's things getting ready to happen. I wanted to be part of this movement. And they, you know, I've never had anyone. I just wanted to be here. You know, kind of like Eeyore. Everybody's excited to be here because of the energy that is occurring right now on the right planet. Now. Exactly. Right I'm, now, in this now moment. I'm so pleased you brought that up. I'm so pleased. It's such a, you know, all that we're going through, the wars and the meltdowns and the lockdowns and the, you know, corruption. We came here to be a part of it. Yeah. From our soul's yes. perspective, it was like. And we chose that. Yeah. It's like going to the, you know, the, the the fun park and seeing all the horror, the scary, the roller coaster and the horror house. And we go, oh, that looks like so much fun. Get me in there. I want to be there. I was having this conversation with a, a very, you know, and I think that people, no matter who you are, hybrid, walk-in, starseed, consciousness master in a cat body or a human body, no matter who we are, we forget this. And we get caught up with the human drama. I was talking to someone yesterday who's highly conscious. And he was saying, I feel so terrible for my six-year-old grandson who's at school all day with a mask on and how terrible and terrible and he's into the terrible and how it's scarring him and he hates it and he's, he's all in the terrible. And I just reminded him, you've got to remember that his soul came and chose this, that he knew what he was getting into. And that whatever he's going through now as a six-year-old is creating desire in him about who he'll be when he grows up. Like, how can I affect this world and help this world? Because if this isn't right, what is right? And he goes, oh, thanks for reminding me. Because we do forget and we get caught up with the dramas, don't we, Sheila? We do. And we also need to remember that all of this is a holographic agreement that we've all made. Like, oh, this is what we call Zoom, that we can see each other. And these are what's called glasses. And this is a necklace. You know, we all agree when we see these things. Yes, this is what this is. And because we have done that, that to me, that demonstrates within this holographic uh, projection. And yes, you know, we've agreed upon density to be in these denser bodies and to experience these denser feelings but the reality of it is we are not in the bodies we have projected a portion of ourself here now we also could have projected a portion of ourself in a whale who is swimming in the ocean and we could have projected ourselves onto a different planet or into a parallel universe or into a different universe or into a different galaxy because we are here projecting outward. And honestly, I do not believe that there are a number. Some people say, yes, you cannot project more than 12 aspects. No, but I infinite, have met people infinite. who have so many aspects. Absolutely. So infinite. many aspects. Mm. We are infinite beings. So why can we not project infinitely? Exactly. So I think that deja vu is when we have another aspect of ourself that's doing the same thing 
in a different dimension or different timeline or parallel universe. And that resonance, that frequency connects because it is exact. We're doing the exact same thing at the exact same time. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. What just happened? You know, and I have thought about it and thought about it. And that's what, you know, that's what really I feel like is occurring. And I bet every single one of you guys have had the experience. I mean, it could be something as simple as walking down the hall, putting your hand on the bathroom door, turning it, and all of a sudden, kind of like, what just happened? You know, something different just occurred. And I always call that is when we're switching timelines. And everyone has had these moments. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many of us are driving down the road and we say, oh, we're just listening to the music and then we just get there and that's just self-hypnosis. But what if a different aspect, the higher aspect has come in and taken over for that drive. And when we get there, now we're integrated. Exactly. You know, I'm, I'm pretty I sit sure. around and think about this stuff all the time. It's like, what if, what if, what if? I'm pretty sure I never drive my car. I get in the <laughs> car and something takes over. I find it so incredibly easy. It's like, who is driving this car? Because I don't seem to be. Carol has a question, honey. Okay. Do you want to ask your question? You need to unmute. Uh, Yes, I do. You know, I've had throughout my life different times, like five major near-death experiences. And then the last one that I had, my heart stopped six times. So I kept going out more and more and more. Um, You talked about something today that I've never heard of or thought of. I I knew about walk-ins, but I didn't know you could share something with the same person I kind of feel like that and it's totally removed me my own siblings are so different from me but I do remember things that happened when I was younger so I didn't lose that identity is is that what's happening to me because the more that I had that last experience something really took me over because I always have read auras I've always known the future and different things. And then I just started diagnosing. I'm a medical intuitive and healing, which I hadn't done before because I didn't really believe that I did it, that God did it. Then all of a sudden I started practicing it. And sure enough, people were coming back, you know, saying, you did this, you did that. Thank you. And and of course, as we know, I didn't do it. I was channeled. But how do I relate to my own family who has just kind of ostracized me because they think I'm nuts. <laughs> Welcome to my world. Yeah. <laughs> of course, my family must have always thought I was a little different. Right. You know, little, and I bet all of us are kind of thought of maybe as the black sheep of the family. But honestly, it sounds like you've had some extraordinary experiences and you I have. have. I, I have had incredible things happen. Yeah. Are you there? It, I am. Yeah. Are you still there? Yes. Hello. 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 Uh, we're Hi. here, Carol. Are you there? Yeah, we're here, darling. I don't know if you can hear us. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you, darling. Uh, Good. Okay. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, the experience that I've had 
are from the other people mainly. And then being able to see in the future certain things that all happened and all came true. And I saw maybe eight years before it was going to happen. So these things keep happening. But the question was, how do I, is there anything we can do about these, the family members that they're calling me now uh, crazy Aunt Carol? <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, because I keep you know, maybe one day they'll be coming to you for healing and then they'll call you the miracle worker. You just never know. However, you know, in one of the things that I found with me is that there were certain, and, and we all find this throughout life, that our relationships will change with people over time based on the resonance and the frequency that we're carrying. And if your frequency is here, you can relate to your family here, but it's very difficult for them to move here and to meet you where you are. And so if these relationships are really important to you, you know, you're just going to have to accept them for where they are. Or maybe you want to sit down and have a talk with them and say, hey, this is my perspective, take it or leave it, but don't be attached. That's one of the things that I found because when I discovered that I was a walk-in I'll be honest with you, my dad did not know until the day before the book came out on the market, okay? And my mother only found out because she thought I had Alzheimer's and she wanted me to go see a doctor because my memory was just so jumbled. And so I explained it to them in terminology that they could accept and understand in their world. And maybe that's something that you can do. Just kind of think of, you know, what their mental capacity is and some of the terminologies or language that you could use you know maybe they would understand I had a near-death experience and I've been different since then maybe more of my soul came in maybe this happened maybe that happened but if you can find terminology that would work for them and if they can't accept it then you have to decide if you want to let that go or if you're going to continue to try to maintain a relationship. And when it comes to family, it is so hard. So my hat's off to you, Carol. Sherry's got a great question too. Sherry, do you want to come on camera? Yeah, I'll pop you on. Oh, hi, Sheila. Thanks for hi. coming tonight. I, I love to listen to your stories. Um, I just wonder when you did walk in, how did you feel about your husband? And you said you had three kids and you know, did you remember them or did they feel really foreign to you or just some about that? When I came in, I had an immediate love for my children, not so much for the husband. And I left him in three months <laughs> there. Wow. I think that the old soul probably also needed to leave, but just did not have the ability to do so. And so mm -hmm. I totally left. When I came in, I had an immediate love for my three children, my mom and my dad and my sister. And that was it. Everyone else in my life, I have developed relationships with. I lost a lot of friends. And I think maybe it was a good thing that I went through the divorce when I did, because it was easier to separate from those people because I moved to a different state. 
And so, you know, for me, it was, it was a lot easier now, as far as the memories with the kids, um, it's still not so much, even to this day, um, they might talk about something and say, don't you remember? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they show a photograph, it's easier if they talk about it. It's kind of like, oh yeah, I kind of sort of remember. And it was, it's like a movie that you've watched a long, long, long time ago. And then as you're watching it again, it's kind of like, I think I watched this movie. I don't really know what happens next, but there's some familiarity. And that's the way that I feel about things. Now, with memories about each of the kids and as time has gone on I've asked to remember more and I have been given more but not a lot and when I keep saying but I want more and they're like but you don't need more you know and I don't have you know um I don't get out photo albums and try to remember because I live in the here and the now And the here and the now is what's the most important to me, the relationships that I have at this moment. And when I came in, I was very fortunate and very gifted that I didn't have to carry any of the old soul's baggage around with me. I had to clear up behavioral responses and patterns, but I didn't have, you know, like, what do people think? Or the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. I had none of that. It was like a fresh slate. And I came in already empowered and I just moved forward. And it's like, well, this is just the way it is. And it's not like get on the train or the train's going to run over you, but it's like, I'm compelled. This is my mission it's my heart's Mm -hmm. desire. I have to do these things. And so as I let relationships go, I try to do so in compassion. And as I have tried to have memories, I've had to extend that same compassion to myself because it's like, oh man, but I need to remember this. It's like, well, no, I really don't. That's then pull myself back. And the other thing, when I get really, really frustrated, I'll just tell myself, Don't worry, it's just a human experience in a hundred years. You'll be laughing about it. It's not really going to matter. You're a soul and a body having a human experience. That's all that matters. (laughs) Exactly. I say that to myself all the time. That is is such a great thing to remember. Yeah. Yeah. The human drama is just the play, the illusion that you're experiencing. It's not who you are. I think, Sherry, also you said in the chat, which is a question I had had too, and I think Sherry read my mind. How did your kids relate to you? when you came in as the different, you know, aspect. Okay. I, my children were three, six and 12. And so my 12 year old had an, a long time of knowing this other person. And even to this day, when I finally told her that I was a walk-in, she's like, Oh, thank God for telling me that I kept telling people, nobody changes that much because I was a new and improved version. And that's kind of like what I told my mom. She, because the first thing out of her mouth was, does that mean I'm not your mother? And it's like, no, 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 no. You're my mother, but just to a new and improved version. And that's what my daughter felt because I wasn't sick. So I could do things with them. I had patience when they would ask me questions instead of like, I, just just go go talk to your dad go talk to your sister go you know whatever because I just didn't have that extra mental capacity or energy to expend and then she got a new inversion 
My daughter that was six years old, I don't think she or the three-year-old noticed very much because they were still very young. And within three months, there was the trauma of the divorce, which, you know, we had to deal with that. And so as they were dealing with a new lifestyle, I was integrating and we were developing a new relationship with each other. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah. I I don't know if I asked you because I remember I was going to ask you that earlier. I don't know if I asked you that during the show. But uh, Sherry popped it in the chat and I'm like, oh, yeah, that that question, you know, how did the kids relate to you? Yeah. Yeah. Just a bit like Carol's question. Did they see you as crazy, crazy mom, crazy, crazy, crazy? Well, yeah, that's I mean, they (laughs) that, you know, just hey, just what you guys know of me. It's like I'm a little different. That's okay, You know, and that's just my mom. She's, you know, whatever. But um, the other thing is my son is also a walk in Mm -hmm. and he came in at the age of seven. And that's very, very different. He's an angelic walk-in. He is soul infusion. He remembers being on the other side and coming in through a golden liquid pool of light with beings of all types standing around, some extremely tall, some very, very short, some that looked humanoid, some that uh, looked very human, but had like triangle-shaped heads. You know, they were all the bipedal, but they, they, um, they were very, very, very different. And so he and I have so much in common that I think, and we work together also, And so we've been lucky. We've lived with him in the last year because rent here in the valley and his roommate had to move and all that kind of stuff. So it's been really great. But we have a wonderful relationship. My daughter, my middle daughter that was six, lives about three miles from here. And her gifts and talents are all about the animal kingdom. And so she really is an animal communicator and she uses that talent as a a dog trainer and she works for the ASPCA and she runs the local um, dog uh, facility here for the county and, you know, her life is the animals she can train them just like that and she gets frustrated she's like I don't know what's wrong with these people I tell them to do exactly like I'm doing but their dogs don't respond and it's like well they don't have the telepathy going like you do you can understand them and they can understand you oh no 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 it's like yeah 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 that's you know that's what it is and then my oldest daughter is very gifted and talented in and of her own um you know she hears she knows she sees she experiences things but she doesn't share them um, she'll talk to me sometimes, but, you know, she's a mom. She has three kids and just went to the doctor, is pregnant again, and there are three sacks. So they think she might be having triplets. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, woo, girlfriend, <laughs> you, you wanted know, a big family. Here you go. <laughs> you, you, you've hit on something that uh, is kind of happening in my life at the moment and uh, is frustrating, a bit like Carol's question, you know, that as I'm chatting away, they said that your kids, chatting away to the mob, your kids you know, organized this, this experience. So they said, I want to come in with a different soul as my mother, who's quite, you know, it's going to show me 
is going to teach me, train me about contrast, about what it is to be a grumpy cow and complaining and tired and exhausted and sick, right? And then a higher aspect or another soul is going to walk in and then I'm going to have that experience. So they've already set that up in their agreement and kids are more open to remembering that than an adult. So the younger ones are like, yep, this is what we agreed. (laughs) The older ones are like, I've got to remember that. But what I'm finding, Sheila, is, you know, my 30-year-old daughter, who I know is an incredible galactic soul, just won't have this galactic conversation with me because she's so wanting to fit into the mainstream narrative. And she's just sort of disowned me because I'm a bit too crazy for her at the moment. But yet I, I recognize her like you've recognized your children as this amazing soul, but just won't doesn't want to have that conversation just like you said to your daughter that she's using telepathy and she's like oh no I'm not or yeah what do you want to say to that yeah well it's very interesting because um being part of the collective um and part of many collectives and I think you are as well uh Karen and um one of them is like the bridge collective where we work with bridges of light and those send information out into other galaxies connect with other planets and really work within that crystal and grid systems and so my daughter is doing the same thing. She's bridging that communication. And I have recognized her as part of that bridge collective as well. But she will not acknowledge that because she's out at night doing so much work. And when she comes in as a young, almost 30-year-old adult, you know, it's like she's, she's really entrenched in having this experience, yet... On this subconscious level, she's bridging with the animals. My older daughter kind of does the same thing. And she is extremely um, telepathic and all of these kinds of things. And I am so fortunate that, and you know how it is with your kids. Sometimes you're their hero and sometimes you're not, you know, and that's okay. I just kind of go with the flow. And if they want to be super close today, great. And if they don't talk You know, if they're out doing life and they want to do their own thing, that's great. And we get back together. You know, that's it's kind of like the ebb and flow, I think, of, you know, family dynamics. But um, when you have someone in your life that really doesn't expect it and, you know, very much the same way like Shirley was talking, um, I think it was Shirley was talking about maybe, or maybe it was Carol, I'm not sure, but being, you know, ostracized or, you know, separate from the family, a lot of times we'd have to remember, okay, we are here implanting seeds of light into their aura. Even when we speak with them, our voices have resonance and we are sharing with them bits of information that on their own time will begin to open. The family that I am part of, um, you know, very traditional, very Southern, very religious, very, you know, they have their way of being. And it's just not my way of being yet. My family now is totally open to certain concepts that I share with them. 
simply because I just sort of mentioned it in passing and those seeds are implanted. So Karin, with you, when you're talking with your daughter, you're also planting those seeds within their auric field. And those light codes, that resonance that you share together will start to open. Whether it's going to be something like, I can guarantee you, it's not like that my oldest two daughters are going to like, yeah, my mom's a walking and I can do this. That's never going to happen. You know, in their own way, they're going to accept that, um, you know, some of my in-laws probably think that I'm just Looney Tunes and that's okay. That's okay. Um, because they don't have to, um, you know, they don't have to accept this. You know, we all have our own paths. And so, you know, I think that over time people, you know, we always like to think of our kids as, you know, still being our kids. And even though mine's, you know, I have a 25 now, 28 and uh, 30 something, 33, 34. I'm like, oh my gosh. And you think, ah, they, they should understand this, but they're also here having their own experience, you know? And so their experience doesn't have to be my experience. As long as we can parallel, you know, this life experience together, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, yeah, we have to remember that we've come for the human experience. Yes. And uh, the human experience at this point on earth has been very much about being forgetting, you know, forgetting who we are as multidimensional aspects of this infinite mm -hmm. creative, you know, cosmos. So that is the human experience. And also part of the human experience is the judgment. You know, we're all in judgment and criticism of each other. And the kids are judging us and everyone's judging everybody else and criticizing. And uh, so I have to, you know, I have to constantly re remind myself that, you know, who she's being to me is what she's wanting to experience and not to judge her for her judging me, I think. Not to judge her for her judging me. Yeah. That, that's the message that I constantly have to remind myself of because, uh, yeah. And it's hard because this is my baby. Yeah, I know. I'm their mother. I want, yeah. You know, and then we have these preconceived notions and we get so attached to the outcome of what we think should be. Yeah. And if we can, and not just with these types of relationships, but with everything in life, if we can let go of our attachment then we open up for source and spirit and the universe to bring to us so much more than we could have ever asked for ourselves. So much more. Right. Yeah. Kevin's got another question. Where are you, Kevin? You want to come on and ask? Where are we? Add spotlight. There we go. There he is. Okay. Look at that. I remembered to unmute myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm a quick study. I'm a quick study. <laughs> but I have a question. I wrote it down because it's, I don't know if it's complicated or not, but I'll read it. Uh, a couple of my guides are Arcturian. They refer to themselves as light beings. Do, do you have knowledge or experience that you can share uh, that you are a light being? Um, well, yes. When I remember being in my collective, it was nothing but pure light. And it was 
sparkling, uh, very diamond-esque, very soft, etheric kind of energy. Yet there was this like a frequency, almost like a tinkling. And within that, one time I went back to visit and I'm like, oh, this is so cool and I love it. And, you know, you're just kind of like this. And it's like, oh, I want to lift my arm. What does my arm look like? Well, I didn't have an arm, but it's like, oh, so I could raise, I could make this movement and all of this little tinkling of light came. But I was in emergence with, you know, I was in my multidimensional self that had merged with other beings and their multidimensional selves, and we were all light. But within us, encasing our soul, we are all light beings, all light beings. And when the Arcturians come to me, yes, a lot of times it's light being forms, but also there's the um, what we think of as a typical looking Arcturian. They can be very tall with bluish, kind of bluish white, almost a pearl like texture and sheen to their skin. And I know that I have three hybrid children and they will come to visit me often. And the uh, daughter works on one of the ships that also are involved in like different plant studies, but it's not just like earth plants, it's plants from all over the galaxy and she works with them. And I have to laugh because Dylan, my son, who is the walk-in, also is super involved in plants in his bedroom. If he has one plant, he has, I think he said last count, it was over 50. And he just loves it. And it's like, wow, with the hybrid children, I can see that there's still a resonance. Now, I see my hybrid children as light beings. I have seen other light beings from other planets, but mostly when I see um, beings that visit me that really identify themselves as being from another planet, they take the form that I am most familiar with that I would think is what they would look like. But we're all light beings. You know, this is just our little physical meat suit. And I'm sure that the image that they're projecting to us is something that's acceptable for us because even going and visiting on the planet, yes, I see beings in their true light forms, but I also see them in their physicalness. Because it just depends, I think, they show to us, um, like if you're on a planet and they're doing certain things, like if they're involved in healing, they can start out being very, very physical in nature, but then they morph into a light being essence of the soul. And I think it also has to do with whether they're dimensional beings or whether they're planetary beings. Planetary beings do tend to be more physical in nature. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know if that really answered it or not. Yeah, no, no, I, think, I think it did. I was probably looking for confirmation. I think that I know when I speak yeah. various modalities of contact with uh, my ET guides with the higher conscious beings, but mm -hmm. one of them is how, as you described it there, I can uh, relax at what I call open my mind and uh, visualize them 
And very often, uh, as I, I have a group of eight that I will speak to, they'll show themselves, as you just uh, described, as pure light energy, which is golden, uh, orangey in colour, which is fluid, and it moves about. And they will step front and centre and speak with me, and then a step back again, and the next one would because they are showing me their light being, but they also show me the physical uh, on the planet or in the craft or whatever, or even just as pure conscious energy uh, as an arm. So yeah, so, so what you said really just really gives me confirmation. And that's why I ask the question very often, because uh, I think it's good to have confirmation when we, we're all having all these experiences and we're all continuing to learn. So uh, I, I appreciate that answer. It was uh, it, it, it satisfied my question. So thank you. Yeah, nice. absolutely. I agree with Sheila. We're all we're all light beings. And I think that the guides speak to the level of consciousness that we have remembered. I'm going to say remembered because we're all highly evolved beings, but then we've got to remember that, right? And uh, so if we need a physical form in order to attach identity to, like because we're coming from our linear human mind perspective that's what they'll uh, present as or if if they if we understand that we are light we are just energy they can present as that so with you kevin it's been a, f a few different ways they'll present as the as the light or they'll present as a physical body yeah but it depends on the consciousness so you brought up something sheila about being a hybrid mother do you want to speak about that? Like what happened? Did that happen before you walked in, after you walked in? Like what happened? Thanks, Kevin. Um, as I have worked more and more to recover uh, memories of who I was before, even before being the collective, you know, being a being on different planets, more and more memories have come to me and they have also been uncovered in, you know, hypnosis. I do a lot of work with um, Barbara Lamb. I've had, you know, I've had several regressions with her. I've worked, you know, with Jacqueline Smith, um, just several different people that I have worked with. I've talked with different channelers and I think for me having certain set of memories and then having those memories verified has been very important for my humanness to say, oh, okay, that's cool. That's then that's a valid memory. Um, I do know, um, and I may have more Arcturian children, but three um, come to mind. And then with the um, Zetas, I know that there was uh, seven very distinct. And then with the mantis, there were two daughters. And um, with the Arcturians, one was definitely had more of the male attributes. One was very feminine, but the other one was almost androgynous in nature. And then with the um, Zetas and having those children, I don't have as much contact. I've got a memory. But I've also been working with a lady who channels the Yael, um, Melody Ware. You, some of you may be familiar with her. And in working with her, I was told that I have 36 children. 
they have not, those other children have not come to me yet, but um, I always like to verify that. So with the Arcturians, they were definitely from my previous Arcturian life. When I had the Mantis, they were from this, this body, you know, the body with the me now, and the Zetas were also from this body. And so it's very odd because within, I don't know, within the first year of being here, I had gone to a gynecologist and had worked with them. And then like a year later had gone back and their response was, we don't know what they are like shrunk, like the size of raisins. And I'm like, bonus, you know, <laughs> I don't care. You know, I wasn't thinking, you know, oh, there may be a medical condition. It was kind of like, oh, that's okay. You know, I wasn't upset about that at all. But I was already, I was already the walk-in. But I think what had happened is I volunteered the remainder of my eggs to different projects. Now, that's what it feels like to me. And when I think about that time, that is the memory that always, always comes. Or let me say, it is a thought process. And when something, a continuous thought press, not a thought process, not just for me, but for all you guys, including people that are watching on YouTube, when you have a continuous thought process, that is your soul's way of saying, uh, <clears throat> hello, hello, is anyone home? Okay, let me send it to you again. But that is our soul's way of verifying information to us. I do know that the Arcturian children are around me um, more than any of the other children. I have had uh, visitations from the mantis beings. And one night my granddaughter was staying here and I heard, I woke up because when she's here, I'm a very, very light sleeper. And I was sleeping in a bed with her. And I thought, oh, I may just get up and go to the bathroom, but I couldn't move. And I wasn't scared. I just, I just couldn't move. And then I started hearing like this, like this clicking. And it was like, almost like, toenails coming like when my little dog runs down the hall and his toenails need cut that little ch -ch 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 -ch, that's kind of what I heard as I know the dog's in here with me so I'm like what the heck and the door very slowly began to open up and then it was kind of like I saw this little head peek around and then when it saw me it kind of backed up and then it came back around. And when it came around, we had direct eye contact. And I knew that energy. And then I'm like, oh, well, maybe I was this or maybe that. And the more I would think about it, it's like, no, that was one of my daughters and her name is Sina. And she comes to me sometimes in dream time and takes me and teaches me what it's like to work in between the dimensions because there's stuff happening there too. And so she takes me there. And when I wake up, it's like, oh, I got to write it down. And I can't 
I can't remember what it was I learned, but I know I'm learning something in between the dimensions with her. And I know that knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt, knowing that we all get that that was my daughter that was peeking her head in with the Arcturian children. They've never manifested in front of me, but I can feel I'll, I'll feel like a hand on my shoulder or my back. And it's like, is that you, you know, and when they're in my presence, I just start crying. I am so filled with love energy that they are sending to me that I just, I mean, I just cry. It's so unconditional and then it's gone, but they let me know that they are very much still connected with me. And Mm -hmm. so I think I have that relationship because I brought in more of that Arcturian, but just like with all of us who are multidimensional beings over time, different aspects really start to develop and form. And the mantis is one of those that's very prevalent for me is also with the different healing that I do. And that, I mean, you know, people are like, Oh, you got different kids on different planets. And I don't talk about it a lot, but it's very precious. It really, it feels very precious to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The mantid are amazing. Uh, You know, I'm thinking as I'm listening to this, Sheila, I'm getting so much information about myself and others. I wonder if anybody else is, if you're getting it, if you're having aha moments about some of your kids or your, but uh, my mother, there's a photograph of my mother on her 21st birthday, right? Born into this English family. She, She was born in Australia and she was very physically beautiful, very tall and very beautiful. And her and her the rest of her family, she doesn't actually look like she's related to any of them. Like it doesn't look like she's related to any of them. It's, it's yeah, it's like she was, and I'm thinking her DNA was manipulated, uh, but she was completely asleep throughout her life, died at 50. She's reincarnated back. She's now an adult. She's still very asleep. As I say, we come in to have our human experiences and not necessarily to wake up. I'm sure she'll wake up in this lifetime. But uh, I'm just thinking, you know, I wonder if I've got hybrid children. I wonder if anybody else is thinking that. And uh, I I was carrying her DNA and it was good DNA. I have to say me and my three brothers all had amazing physical structures. I haven't looked after mine. I've been too fat, but, you know, like amazing physical structures, all three of us. So it was manipulated DNA for sure. Yeah. And I'm sure that they're taking our DNA to... I'm sure we've all got hybrid kids that I have no memory of. I have to say I have no memory of. I'm sure. I'm sure. And, you know, we don't know all of the things that we signed up for when right. we came here, yeah. you know, and I remember, you know, when I was in the collective, one of the beautiful things about being human is the sense of touch for me, you know, I I would have been the kid that when they went on a school trip and they said, don't touch, I would have had my hands all over everything. I guarantee you, because that's the way I am as an adult. I'm like, Ooh, I could just go in a store and just touch everything. You know, I don't want to buy it. I just want to touch it, you know, and I love the feel, the textures, the, the sensations. And I can remember being in the collective and thinking about food and it's not like you're hungry. But let's say if you want an apple and you have an apple that materializes, but you know what it's like 
to be the seeds inside the apple, to be the core of the apple, to be the structure of the apple, the interior of the apple. You know what it tastes like to bite into an apple. You know what it's like to have that little explosion of flavor in your mouth. Yeah. You know all of these things, but you don't eat the apple. <laughs> and that's one thing I love about being here. I love different tastes and different smells because where I being in the collective, you know, all of these things, you know, you know, it at a molecular structure to its formation. And that's fantastic. Yeah. But you can't really taste it. You, know? you can't touch it. You can't hear it, even though there was there was always like this little tinkling little like you know of um almost like little chimes yeah. that's happening and i know it's kind of a swirl of energy that's moving yes you, you, you've explained things like um well i've had a lot of near-death experiences on the show and and a couple of them not many of them but a couple of them have said you know, from that that point of consciousness, that energy, as Kevin described mm -hmm. or you described, that energy orb, I could traverse the cosmos. I could go into an atom and explore the structure of the atom, yes. or I could pull myself out and see the cosmos in all its entirety. You know, like we could just time and space is, uh, I don't know, it just doesn't doesn't exist. And but even though as an energy orb you can do that, you can explore the structure and the way it works the experience of biting into an apple and having that explosion of sweetness in your mouth is something that you can understand, but you've got to experience it in the physical body, in the physical right. body. Yeah. And I, I think that at this time, it's so important that we all acknowledge our multidimensionality and that we all acknowledge that we are so much more than we have been told that we are. But the other important aspect is that we bring all of that and drop it into the knowing of who we truly are, the soul essence in a human body, having the human experience. So it's just as important as not what's it like to eat an apple, but what's it like to be a human with integrity? Yeah. What's it like to extend love to someone who is ridiculing you? Right. What's it like, you know, and that is one of the beautiful things about being human. Absolutely. And, and you know what else I was thinking, I was listening to you, when we die, you know, because there's a lot of conversations about speaking to spirit and near-death experiences and speaking to people who have passed on. But we rarely, you know, we have this, we hear this, so we're expanded in our understanding of who we are. Can you imagine, like, when we die and we drop the veil of forgetfulness, just like having this expanded conversation, just how much information and knowledge we're privy to, to who we are as this multidimensional aspect. You know, we drop the physical forgetfulness and we've got, we see, it's just, it's mind boggling what we would see when we pass over. But we don't have to die to get that. You know, we can, we can have access, I think probably limited access, but as much access as we want. Uh, in this body, right, to who we are as these multidimensional aspects. Yeah. You know, if we drop into our heart space and we do breath work and we expand our consciousness just a little bit and until we can like feel 
you almost have like a buoyancy against the wall. And if we can practice doing these things, it is so much easier than to, okay, let's expand our consciousness through the house. And, ooh, let's go over here and experience this tree. And the next thing you know, you are having a physical experience and you're out exploring the cosmos and all coming back. We can do these things in our bodies because we have the ability. It's natural to us. You know, everything is about consciousness. And when we talk about like walk-ins and star seeds, and we've all come here to have this experience, but the experience in this now moment, the experience of humanity waking up to expanding consciousness and to serve as witness of how beautiful things can be and how nasty and rotten they can be. But the reality of it is, you know, things, when things change, yes, they can change in a very copacetic manner. But when you have worldwide change, you're going to have a lot of upheaval. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now. And these, to me, are all telltale signs that we're raising our vibration because looking at right this minute at what's happening in the world, this is not acceptable. This is not acceptable on any level. Blowing up hospitals where children are. How can we as a human species do that? What are we thinking? How can we continue to let this happen? We can't. We can't. Mm. And we all feel that. Mm. And television, people say, oh, it desensitizes us to what's really happening. I don't think so. People are viscerally feeling what's happening right now in the world. Mm. And the reason is, is our consciousness is expanding and we're raising to a higher vibration. And I believe that in 2012, one of the beautiful things that happened is when the energy shift hit this planet, we all, all of us transferred into fourth density, fourth dimension. I mean, we Mm -hmm. all are in fourth dimension, Mm -hmm. but there's also a lower and there's a higher. And when we're in that lower, we can easily drop in and experience what it's like to be higher 3D or even lower 3D and come back to 4D. Mm -hmm. And we can also experience what it's like to be 5D and beyond and come back to this 4D experience. And what we're seeing right now is very, very low 3D and we're feeling it. Remember what I said earlier, when someone is vibrating at this consciousness and you have other consciousness here, well, you you can experience what they're experiencing, but they can experience what you are. But I think what's happening is so many people are waking up that we are changing the very fabric that is creating this paradigm that we know right now is this earth experience. And we have to see these things happen because the more we shake up and the more unacceptable things are, the more we can raise in our vibration, the more love that we can send out. Instead of dropping into anger and fear and frustration, which is the first thing that a lot of people are wanting to do. And I was even talking with some people about that this morning. You know, the first thing is like, oh, my God, I'm dropping into fear because in my country, blah, 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 blah is happening. And they said, however, I can still have peace because I can send love out. 
And there are reports of people who are involved in these horrific acts that are not wanting to be involved in them. Consciousness is changing on this planet. And each and every person that's hearing this and watching this, you are part of that change. And together, we can raise this vibration and let's hope and pray that sending enough love and light out is going to help to dissipate and create yet another paradigm, which is the paradigm that we're all striving for. Beautifully said, beautifully said. Mm. So beautiful, so gorgeous to end up. So we've got a couple of minutes left. Do you want to speak about, about wish? Yes, I do. Thank you very much. And I want to share my screen because one of the things that my guides have done for me in my lifetime is um, they, they just implant and drop all of this beautiful information into my mind about things that need to happen. And I was awakened one night and they're like, oh, you're going to create a Starseed Academy. I'm like, Starseed Academy? I started to talking to people. I was like, wait a minute, isn't there a Starseed Academy already? So it can't be the Starseed Academy. But what it was is a group of individuals coming together to provide a support network for others. And that's what the Wish Alliance is about. It's walk-ins, indigos, starseeds, and hybrids. And then I say, a lot of people will say, well, what about the angelics? Well, right there's your A for the angelic beings. And we're dimensional beings too, okay? We're all types of beings. And this is a place where people can come to find community, to find education. And um, you can sign up here to be on our mailing list because we have so many activities that are happening. Like on Monday nights, we have what's called the Conscious Awakening Series. And this was something else that they told me I was to bring forward this year. And I was like, are you kidding me? I'm already doing Thursday night. Come on, guys. you know, because I like to argue with them and they always win. So you, you would think I would know better by now. However, so I'm going to have, oh, look at that. I have Karen coming and she's going to help be my co-host in May. And so what happens is we all collaborate on these, the guests that we want to have. And maybe there's a theme and maybe there's not a theme. Maybe we just invite people that we really want to share with others. And so this is on Monday night from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m which is in the middle of the day on a Tuesday in Australia. And for people listening in Asia, because I've got people in Singapore, that would be uh, probably mid-morning in Singapore and Asia. So it's a good time, actually. It's a really good time. In Europe, I don't know for you, Brady, in Europe and people in Europe, I think it's probably the middle of the night, two o'clock in the night or something. But anyway, go on. Yep. And we have a cosmic conversations every Thursday and we have different speakers. If you're interested in learning more about the group of Alliance, you can go to this area or you can go up to these tabs. And then I've got, oh, come on, it's not popping up. But in this section, if you have never watched the movie Volunteers, this to me is like a documentary. Honestly, you've got to watch it. It's two little girls 
sitting on the other side and one says to the other that she took earth and the other's like, you went to earth? And she kind of describes her experience. But this, like I said, is like a documentary to me. And then because the Hopi are so dear to my heart, then we have the Hopi messages, which are all about oneness and love and and moving through the time that we're in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. So no matter where you are in the world for 30 minutes, um, we focus on anchoring love and light onto the planet and hoping to assist us in the shift. If you're looking for like just some little meditation or a break in your day, you can pop on and listen to this. Um, It is a little YouTube by Jacqueline Smith and it has the dolphins and she shares some light language, absolutely beautiful. And then our partners, Portal to Ascension and New Realities, um, they are always sharing our information on their YouTube channels. So any of our meetings you can check out. You can also check them out on our events page because we do have a past speaker section and it will pop up like this. Um, Laura Eisenhower actually is going to be our speaker for Monday. So we have our information. You just can't get the recorded Zoom interview because it hasn't happened yet. But all of these others, if you are interested in the presentations that they have presented, and Karen, here is yours. You just click on this and it will take you immediately to the YouTube And so these are just some of the presenters that we have had since last year, actually, and through this year. This is another section right here with our ambassadors. I'm going to click on the the regular, just the ambassador section, because if people are interested in becoming an ambassador, they can click here and it will take them straight to a form that you can complete. If you have services, if you're an artisan, if you produce music, if you're a poet, if you would like to have your uh, short films uh, highlighted, you know, please fill out this ambassador program form. And I'm going to share some of the services, but I just want to go down through here because last year, this time, we were not even in existence. Okay, so this just shows you over the year, really the quality of the services that are being provided by these beautiful people. I'm so proud of my family. I just love it. Just love it. And it goes on and on and on and on. I, I know it's growing so fast. It, Akura is yes. there. Oh, it's growing so fast, Sheila. It's really you're doing amazing Beautiful. work. Oh, you've got the wash wash washela there as well. I see. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so these are the categories that we currently have. Now we're growing and changing and adding different categories and you just click on the photo to be taken to a specific section. But I'm just going to run down real quick just to show you the different types of services that are being offered. And all of these individuals are vetted. So we make sure that they, you know, when they talk about something that we know that they know what they're talking about. So mm-hmm. let's say, let's just hit like the channeling. And so these are all the individuals. Melanie is one of the ladies that I work with um, sometimes, and she calls in the Yael. 
And of course, Marina is also a conscious channel. She brings in information from her higher mind, as she calls it. Jacqueline Smith does a beautiful job with uh, bringing information about your star family through. Rob Gothier with the ET Whisperer, he has Treb and Ardiff, who are his two primary uh, people that he channels, and they are fifth and sixth density. But we have so many different channelers, and it's just, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. And so I would encourage you to please visit this section if you're looking for any kind of service, because these people are phenomenal. And then we have a section that I like to call Conscious Media, and we're going to be adding a new page to this for authors. And so if any of our ambassadors have authored a book, there'll be a page where you can go to and click on it, and it'll take you to an area where you can purchase it. But we have Portal to Ascension. We have Dean listed, New Realities. <gasps> we have Karen with your Conscious creations. And so all of our events are also listed. All you have to do is click on this and it will take you to a section that's providing this is coming up. You could go ahead and mark that on your calendars, Anchoring Higher Consciousness at Hybrid Conference. And this also then is talking again about the conscious awakening. And here with our cosmic conversations, you can see all the past presenter Zoom meetings, which I just showed you, or you can click and see who's coming up. And you can also get there by just clicking if you go to the events on upcoming speakers and it ties into this page. And so these are the individuals we have coming up this week. And one of the things I really love is not only do we have services, but we also have the artisan station because I think that it is so important to really bring forward people's art because it's not just an expression of their soul, but it's also light codes that they put in to their work. Sophia is the lady that designed our logo. And Mary Edwards, let's hit Susan's work. You can go to her art page. There'll be a little bio on each of them on each of the pages, but then you can just see the type of work that she has. And someone might say, oh my gosh, that really touches my soul. And someone else says, let me look at somebody else. And we have such a variety and diversity of artists that even if you don't purchase their their um, items that they have, you can sit and look at each of, in, of any of them and you will have so much information that starts to come through. We also have a short film, pardon me? Never wear a dead man's shoes. <laughs> Tell me how you're monetizing this. How are you supporting this? Uh, just by donation? Out of my pocket. Out of your pocket. <laughs> yeah, basically out of my pocket. 
Um, we do receive some donations. And if I make a presentation and get donations that way or whatever, we now have the Wish Alliances set up as a ministry. Because in my opinion, we are feeding people's souls. We're expanding their consciousness. And that is a ministry in and of itself. So if you've ever heard any of Neil's poetry, you can go here and listen to, you know, not listen to it, but you can read some of this. You can also go to like the music section. And you can click on different kinds of music. Let's see. This is Miguel. I think I came right into the jamming part of that song, but there's <laughs> different types of songs. And I have several other musicians and artists that I'm going to be talking to that are interested in becoming an ambassador for WISH. And my idea about WISH is just the same thing as with all of the meetings, that we create a sacred container where we're supporting each other. We're helping to promote each other and we're getting the word out. I mean, look at all of these services. My goodness. Sometimes people would never have an idea of where to go get information about hybrids or integrative medicine or ascended masters. You know, it's not like you can go to the internet and type it in and then all these people come up and it's like, oh man. I don't know about this person. Ah, their ratings are good. Ah, you know, you don't know. But here, you can understand that no matter who you select to work with, it's going to be stellar, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. And if you like meditations, you can go to our meditation section and just sit back. And you have to, if you've never experienced Kiara or any of his meditations, Really so in the Inca tradition, they refer to the great ocean of energy, the Pasai Pacha. And it's simply energy. It's not negative energy or positive energy. It's not good and bad. It's beyond that duality which we create through the mind, which says this is good, this is bad. So there's all types. Uh, healing the inner child, opening the window, evolutionary plan, levels of the mind. And all of these individuals that are listed in the meditation section have beautiful meditations. And all of this stuff is free. You know, the music you can listen to, the art you can go and look at, you can listen to the meditations. Um, we would love if you do and you want to make a donation. Little donations add up to big donations. And so one person said, oh, I would love to do something, but I could only give like $5 a month. And I'm like, well, bless you, because that's $5 more than we had. And that's all appreciated because it goes to really helping to support all of these individuals. And now when you contact someone, some people charge for their services and some people don't, because let's just face it, you know, we're in still in a reality where you have to have some form of a cash to go to the grocery store and buy food or pay your rent or pay your electric bill or even your Zoom bill. And so all of these individuals, um, 
I can't speak for all of them, but a lot of them are at no charge or a donation. You just have to check and see who it is. And so there are offerings for any kind of a budget. And I love this site. I am so happy with this site. I have a lady who has volunteered. She's one of the artisans, April Dick. And I don't know what I would do without her. She helps me so much on the site. She helps me, you know, I'm like, oh my God, April, I forgot. And she's like, no problem. She just so, she takes care of it the next day. It's like, oh, this is all up, yay. Um, because I also work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at my healing sir, uh, my healing office with my son, Spirit Way Wellness. And then on Thursday, Fridays uh, and weekends, then I try to dedicate that to WISH. But I do want to promote my website, um, SheilaSeppi.com. And under the author, I have that questionnaire listed that I mentioned earlier in the presentation. And it talks about, you know, if you're curious as to whether you're a walk-in or not, you can go and answer these questions for yourself. If you have a majority of these answered, yes, you could be a walk-in. You could also have had this massive spiritual awakening, but usually these spiritual awakenings are something that gradually happens and occurs over time. A walk-in situation happens much, much quicker. And then also, if you go onto the homepage and you sign up to be on my mailing list, you can check here that you want the free copy of the first chapter of my book, where I go more in depth about my personal experience. Uh, because even though I did talk a lot about it, there's a lot to talk about in that. And it would help you maybe understand too. So I am a multidimensional life coach and here are some of the healing services that I offer. I have the um, evolutionary quantum healing technique. And as a matter of fact, for the last three days and one more tomorrow, I've been up at six o'clock in the morning um, till, till noon getting new updates uh, with these vials because I can work through time and space, because energy knows no boundaries, whether you're sitting in front of me or we're on a Zoom call or even a telephone call, or if I have a photograph and I'm working energy, I can work on the physical, you know, the, the body, mind, and spirit. We have crystal and blueprint, the Arcturian healing chamber, etc. So you can just kind of check this out uh, if that's of interest. If you want to learn more about a walk-in, there's a walk-in course, but um you know, I always encourage, I've got my site listed on here. And so um, if you're interested in the stuff I do, it's listed here, but there's so many people that you can receive services from. So don't just think I'm promoting just my stuff because, you know, when I promote this, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, this is part of my mission. This yeah. is why I'm here. You're promoting everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, darling. Thank you so much. And uh, amazing, amazing work that you're doing in the world, really. Thank you. Just, just amazing what you're doing. And uh, uh, you've, it's funny because my site, I've had my website up for almost 20 years and it's, it's full of the same stuff that we should. And I, do you know, I've never once thought about do, doing a screen share and showing people my website on camera. I've never thought about doing that. I'm thinking oh, I should do that one day. Yeah. There's a cool little green button. It's a screen share. Man, it's amazing what you can show people. 
because as I said to you before, people have watched my show for like 10 years and said, oh, and it just went to your website for the first time. And I'm thinking, dang, I've never thought about showing people my website. What a yeah. great idea. And also for donations, if people want to donate, and I never ask for donations, but I do have a donate button under all my shows and all the um, podcasts that I put up. I've been doing it for 12 years. And I've, I've never hardly ever asked people to donate, but I ask for you, like I'll say, donate to the wish. Like I'll ask for others and I never ask for me. But, you know, you can like throw $5 at you and throw $5 at me. It's like it's no biggie, you know, a couple of bucks for the amazing work that you're doing and I'm doing. And there's lots of thank yous. Thank yous from Fiona. Thank you. Really amazing from Diane. Thank you. I'm feeling so uplifted. Um, Shirley, really amazing from Shirley. Lots of thank you. Sherry had to run. She said, thank you so much, Sheila. Thank you so much, darling. You just love you big time. You're amazing. You are amazing. And we've had quite a few people listening online, although no questions, but uh, they've been listening. So thanks for all the people listening to the streaming and thanks for everyone who joined. Love you all. Okay. Stop the live streaming. I might stop.